Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. I got to sit down with Cam and Marlo. I've definitely been a fan, finally getting to meet him, even though it's over Zoom. Works itself out. We talked about some UFC stuff. We talked about writing music. We talked about food in Nashville. Even touched on tequila old-fashioned. You know, I even got a new acoustic song that's not even out yet. We say we get to know Cameron together. Welcome to Toad's Tunes, dude. How are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Dude, I, I appreciate you taking the time. You know, I met your manager uh, a couple years ago at... Um, country fan fest and she just hit me up out of the blue told me she was working with you and i was like i freaking love that dude he's badass thank you man i appreciate it dude you're you uh you're a man of faith which is rad i was reading about um that you grew up in a church and yeah, man. like dude let's talk about that for like how did you get involved with church and i saw that you guys started a music program there you went to your pastor or something like that and asked about forming some stuff let's talk about that for a few yeah, man. So uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church called Memorial Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Um, and that's, I was, always grew up there. I mean, that's where my family, we always went to church every Sunday. That's just what we did, man. It's uh, been a good, big part of my life. And uh, after we left that church, um, I went to Elevation Church and was a worship leader there for quite a while. Um, and then I, I don't know, man, I, I love, I love that. I really do. Um, it's, everything in me, but, um, I wanted to chase, I guess, contemporary music a little bit, man. I, I love country music and that's what really is, uh, my passion. And so, I mean, as worship bleeding is too, but, uh, I felt like it was time for me to step away and start doing my own thing on the side. I wanted to see what my voice was as a country music artist. And, uh, I'm trying to find that every day. Right. So I, I was reading about like, um, you like the Southern rock, the blues, but Stevie Ray Vaughan. Who who introduced you to Stevie Ray, man? My dad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he loves that Texas stuff, man. And uh, I, I think he's kind of the one who introduced me to the blues. My dad's a big rock fan. Um, so with that comes the blues because that's the, the soul of rock. But uh, yeah, man, I'd say my dad was the one who really showed me him. So uh, you you used to play the drums or maybe just a Yep, I was. Uh, that's actually the first instrument I ever played, man. I played drums in the church for a long time. Right, and do yeah. you still play today? Uh, if I ever get the chance to, I'll definitely sit behind the kit. But I don't get to sit behind a kit much anymore, man. Usually, a guitar in my hand. That's pretty funny. I have um, my son played the drums for a while. It was something that he picked up, and then I, I bought an electric kit for him, and then I bought um, um, an acoustic kit, and I still have the acoustic kit. Up until November, I had it set up in my garage in the backyard, and that I think that's what I'll do this weekend. After the Connor fights, is I'm going to go out there and probably set the thing back up again because it's just fun to sit. Um, it's it's almost like a release that all it does is piss the neighbors off. That's it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's kind of funny. I think one time when you do a show, you should actually, you know, instead of your drummer doing a drum solo, you should jump in there and do it. I think I would like to do that, man. Just to, just to get behind the kit in the show, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think it would be pretty rad. I think a lot of people, you know, um, that love music, watch a drummer. I think it'd be kind of interesting to watch, you know, you see, um, Dave Grohl do it every now and then, you know, but, um, just so cool, man. So cool. Yeah. I think when, when they first started touring and they got, um, Taylor Hawkins joined their band, I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. Um, I used to go watch them here at, at the hard rock and, 
the beginning set would be two different sets of drums and one would be up real high and one would be down low. And then all of a sudden you would hear the drums and the light would come on and it's both of them playing back and forth. Oh, that's pretty sweet. See, I've never got to see the Foo Fighters play live and I want to so bad, man. That yeah, would yeah. be uh, sick. I saw them on uh, SNL or I think, I think it was SNL not too long ago, I guess yep. promoting my new single that they got. Yeah. They're, 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 uh, they're pretty badass live, man. I've seen them two, two or three times and, um, Foo Fighters are always fun to watch. There's a, I used to go see 311 all the time. That was one of my favorite bands yeah. to go see live. Yeah, because those guys are just a bunch of party animals. But then, <laughs> then it all. I like. Um, I love Dave's guitar so much that. There you go. <laughs> love the color. Yes, the color yeah. He's badass. I know if I can only learn how to play that thing, I'd be all right. <laughs> I, think, I think I know three chords. That's it. I probably should have spent more time playing it during this little pandemic piece. You know. I hear you, man. Dude, do you play video games? Uh, sometimes. Yeah, man. I haven't, I never get the chance to sit down, but if I do get the chance to sit down, I, I found this game not too long ago. Uh, Far Cry 5. You ever played that? I've seen it. I've never played it. Nope. Uh, that was a cool game, but yeah, I, I'm not much for video games anymore, man. I, I don't just, I guess I, I, I just never have time to sit down and my, like, I guess attention span is so short. I feel like I got to get up and do something. So. Right. Um, I watch like uh, Aldine and DJ Silver. They've got their own little group of um, um, Call of Duty thing that they do. Oh, really? But that's like one game I can't, I can't get into anything where you just see the gun and hear out. I can't play those games. They just, I hear so I play, uh, I've been playing uh, PGA 2K21. That's like my game. I have now. played that. That is a fun game, man. As much as I love golfing, I'm a much, much better golfer on that game than I am in real life. <laughs> I will, I, you know what's funny though is I, I play golf. Not good. I play army golf is what I like to call it. You know, left, right. But I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I just played um, two Sundays ago with my buddies and I play so much PGA 2K21 that I learned the distance. And I. I would agree, man. I feel like I know my clubs better now. <laughs> yes. That's about, that doesn't mean they go straight or anything. No, like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'll take, if it says that I should be hitting with an eight iron, I'll actually go to a seven iron because I can't hit a solid eight or anything like that. But my friends tease me because the first hole I'll pull out my driver and that'll, that'll dictate whether or not I'm using the driver for the rest of the day because I can't hit a driver, but I hit my four, I'll hit my four iron as far as some of the guys hit their drivers. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, I, see, I will not tee off of my driver, dude. I cannot hit my driver to save my life. I, I tee off of my three wood every single time. See, and that's weird because then they've got like the rescue club. I cannot hit. I cannot hit yeah. it for the life of me. Um, a three wood, I don't. I don't. It just seems like the driver would be a lot better. But my buddy was telling me that he puts chapstick on the end of his driver now before he hits uh, it. Better connection with the ball, and I'm like, that's cheating. But <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's definitely the way to do it. You know? Heck yeah, it might be. Dude, in your in your free time, um, are you still fishing? Dude, I fish all the time. Anytime I get a chance to fishing and hunting is what I live to do, man. Right? What's what's like? Uh, do you hunt deer? I mean, what's your thing? Uh, deer and man, I just got into duck hunting. I actually went on my first duck hunt. Uh, what last weekend? Yeah, in, up in Missouri, and that was fun, man. That's a new type of hunting. I like North Carolina. Not a lot of people duck hunt. We don't really have that flight path uh, from right. south to or of the birds flying from the north to the south. So we don't really see it or see a lot of ducks, but like, man, I was supposed to go out to Oklahoma this week and didn't end up making it happen. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go out to West Tennessee and uh, do some more this year. But man, it's a, that's a cool hunting. It's like skeet shooting, which I really like to do. So never it, done that. I've really never, no. That. It's fun. 
I've never really even hunted before. I fished before, but um, you know, coming from Vegas, I mean, what are you going to hunt out here? I guess you have to go pretty sure, far. Yeah. Armadillos, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I got this desert tortoise with with you know, I can just go pick it up. I don't even have to shoot it. Speaking of that, my next door neighbors uh, just moved in and uh, not too long ago, and they have a 35 year old desert tortoise, and the thing is like 120. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you could own those. I don't think it's legal, man. <laughs> They're smuggling the tortoise over there. <laughs> well, we, they gave us, um, they had babies and I was in Idaho. My girlfriend called me, she FaceTimed me. She's like, don't you think this is cute? And I'm like, what, the, what is it? It was like this big. And she's like, the new neighbors that moved in want to know, they just had babies. Want to know if we want one. I'm like, what? no, like, what are we going to do with that? Well, thing? Gonna... So now um, I lost that. And they'll outlive you, man. They're like, what? Yes. Don't they live like 400 years or something crazy? Well, we have two of them now because obviously my words don't mean anything around here, but, <laughs> but they're, they're small. They're in a tank in, in the kid's room. So I don't, whatever. But when, one day they got out next door and I was watching it walk down the street. They're fast. They're huge. And I watched the guy pick it up. I'm like, dude, you're gonna throw your back out. I mean, it is oh, I'm I, sure. not even kidding. It is big of a manhole. Like you find in the street, they're huge. Wow. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how they keep them fed either. And we have, we have coyotes all around here too, where I, where I live. Um, gotcha. So I don't, I don't know if coyotes eat turtle, but if I was a coyote, I would, because <laughs> the neighbors have big ones. <laughs> really big ones. Dude, so moving to Nashville, um, what was your first experience when you physically moved there that kind of made you realize that's a place you wanted to be, um, needed to be for your career? Man, so. I came into town. Um, I met up with uh, Rob Williford. Um, he wrote Beautiful Crazy, uh, Better to, or not Better Together, I'm sorry, uh, Forever After All for Combs, uh, and a couple other Combs, One Number Away. Um, I can't remember all the songs he's written, but he's written quite a few. And I just sat down with him. I met him, uh, or he ended up FaceTiming me after I did that One Number Away song on The Voice. And uh, I just wanted to buy him a beer just to say thank you, because that was a cool experience to be able to talk to him and Luke. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, just meet me down at Tin Roof. So I went down to Tin Roof and uh, just sat down and just pestered him with questions. And I was like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. And he was like, don't worry, buddy, nobody does. <laughs> and I, I think that stuck out with me the most. And uh, it, he's been a great friend ever since. And uh, I think that was the coolest moment because I was like, man, I'm being able to sit here and learn from a guy that's been here for so long. And I'm not feeling like I'm just coming in here blind. At least he's given me some knowledge. And uh, man, I took that knowledge and turned it into a publishing deal and then a record deal. And it's been, uh, it's been awesome. Really you guys awesome. still write together? Oh, or, dude, or, we write a lot, man. And I actually just wrote with him two days ago. And I'm so excited about the song we got, man. It is, uh, it's one of my favorite songs I think I've ever written. That's pretty awesome. I, um, Luke um, played at Stoney's uh, probably three and a half years ago. Might've mentioned that before that um, we paid him 500 bucks. Um, and now look where he's at. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're getting for 500 bucks anymore. <laughs> well, you know, probably not. It's funny, man. Uh, I ran into him at Root a couple of years ago. And uh, him and Cappy, still the nicest, most humblest people in the world, man. They're just super genuine people. And Cappy couldn't. We had some issues with the band that they were playing with, uh, the other artist that was there. And, and um, I, don't, I don't care if you're this big or it doesn't matter to me. You're all the same people. And I treated them that way. I treated them all on the same level. And Cappy's always been the one to say that, you know, one of their best experiences on the road has always been at Stony, something they'll never forget. And it was like, there was hardly anybody there. I mean, it was, it was 
a crazy experience to see him today where he's at um, compared to where he was. But that's what the goal is for all you guys, you know, just, just, just to watch you keep growing. Speaking of like shows and stuff like that, do you have like pre-show rituals, things that, that you've learned to actually put, put into before you get on stage that help you get to that, that place where you need to be mentally? Yeah, man. Uh, for me, I like to chill uh, on the bus for about 30 minutes, at least alone, and just kind of get my head right. And then once we are about to go out on stage, we always pray and we'll take a shot of Jack Daniels and then hit the stage. And that's just, uh, I guess that's our pre-show ritual. But uh, I, we hadn't played many shows this year, so we'll see what this next year brings with us, see if we change anything up. Or <laughs> right, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if you guys come and play Vegas, which uh, hopefully this year we'll be able to do, we're going to change the ritual just a little bit. You're not going to be drinking Jack Daniels. Okay. You're going to be drinking a drink called Blue Valor. Um, am I really what is really that? Good? Hold on. All right. <laughs> That's called ill-prepared. So this <laughs> this is Blue Valor. Okay. Uh, it is mine with the owner Great. of Stoney's, and we have one other partner. And Blue Valor is based on the Thin Blue Line. We give back 15% to all proceeds to go back to uh, okay. Injured Police Officers Fund in every state we sell it. We're only in Nevada right now. But in saying that, um, this will be your new ritual. I mean, That's awesome, baby. And it's good. And I, I love the fact that you're supporting the Thin Blue Line, man. I, I really do. That's awesome. Yeah, we do. We do um, a lot of stuff. Always have with cops and everything like that because those are the people that actually keep us all, you know, in line in check. Absolutely. I appreciate that side of stuff, but yeah. it is growing and I'm happy about it. And it's uh, it's up there. Ah, up there too. sick, man. That's cool. It's kind of hard to do things backwards around here, you know. <laughs> is Jack Daniels your favorite drink? It is, man. But I. Uh... I'm working with this company called Weed, and it's a whiskey company, okay. uh, a whiskey and wine company, and uh, they are making some really good bourbon right now. And right. Uh, I think I'm gonna start adding that to the bus instead of Jack. Right. I think it's gonna be the next goal. Is What's it called again? Weed, like like the smoke, but weed. <laughs> yeah, it's weed. yeah, weed. which is I guess it's like an eye grabber. Uh, but man, they have some really good whiskey. I'll have to bring you a bottle and then you trade me a bottle for the Blue Valor. I think that's, that. Is it Jeremiah weed? Is that it? No, it's uh, just called W-E-E-D. Huh. I just pulled up. Weed, or weed Cellars, I think. Uh, C-E-L-L-A-R-S. Yeah. Look at this. I'm getting my learn on. I love stuff like, okay, there it is right there. Straight bourbon whiskey, 91 proof. Holy poop. <laughs> I think that'll mess you up real quick, right? Uh, it's only one more proof than Jack. Dude. I, I don't like Jack. I don't like the burn that Jack gives me. And oh, see, I love that. I think that's my favorite part of it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> when when we went through, um, right when the COVID stuff started hitting, we actually started doing the tasting rounds of the whiskey we had, made some changes, added some smoke. There's actually a, that one was a premium. We have a, a blended with an aged and a non-aged um, whiskey, corn whiskey. Then we have a, a brown sugar, a peanut butter that's nothing like um, Screwball. And Oh, um, really? I'm yeah. curious about that. Our number one seller is the straight, number two seller is the peanut butter. And we went through 30-something cases in about a week and a half here in town. That's awesome. Yeah, because of the story and because of the taste. I like the fact that I just, I didn't want to sell something that I don't really drink, but I didn't want to sell any sell something that wasn't good. I want you 
people to like enjoy it and keep drinking it and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And when we got our first cases in, Sam Grow was playing at Stoney's and he was the first person to crack a bottle. He actually cracked it, tasted it with me. He was the first one to try it with me as far as an artist. Actually, as far as anyone, he just happened to be in town and they dropped it off on my doorstep and there it was. I haven't ever got to meet him, man, but I really like his music. He's, he's got some talent, man. He really does. He is, um, I met him last year just via one of these and then he was working this, um, this tour through the West Coast. Uh, where he was just playing in people's backyards and stuff like that. Really? And uh, Stoney's was open, but we were kind of scared of what we were able to do and not able to do. We ended up pulling off a show, uh, charging at the door. People wanted to come out and see him. It was acoustic. He ended up staying in town for a few days. Uh, we had our Thanksgiving here at the house. I got a Friendsgiving. He came out for that. Just hung out. Ended up being a super cool dude. Had a lot of sushi with him when he was in town. And some. he's just... He's just a nice guy that, that uh, I think his heart's in the right place. And um, mentally, he's in the right place. You're right. He can write. Um, and he's just an all-around good dude, too, which is kind of, yeah. That's awesome. I'd love, I'd love for you to get together with him because, you know, I mean, two good people like that. That'd be cool, man. For Heck sure. Yeah. That's you. right. Um, what was my next one? You can tell I'm a little bit sick today, right? <laughs> I might have asked this before too. I'm gonna to have to cut all this up and cut all these little pieces out, but that's okay. <laughs> Ultimate lineup for you, a show that you could put together. I'm gonna Man, guess, it, oh sorry, what were you saying? I'm gonna guess two people on it, Luke Holmes and Eric Church. Yep, yep. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh man, I think maybe let's throw a female in there. Let's do uh Miranda Lambert. That'd be cool. That would that would I don't know where you would do that show. That would be too I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a tough one to be at but i would i'd rather be in the crowd for that show i think i don't know if i'd be able to open up that show and, and i'd be uh that would be a stressful situation for sure i think you'd have to like put yourself in a position where um do you compete with these people do you have your own I mean, oh no, there's no compete with them i don't think <laughs> i think they figured it out you would you rather see eric church in a small venue intimate or would you rather see him in a large venue with a, with a bunch of people Ooh. That's a great question, man. I would, this might be contrary to what other people would say, but I think I'd like to see him in a live venue. Cause I really want to see that full out Eric church owning the stage doing his thing. I, I want to see the full production, just him killing it. Right. But I would like to be close where I feel intimate, but <laughs> I don't want to be in like the nosebleeds or anything like that. But I want to, I want to see that full, that full production, full thing. Yeah. I sit back sometimes and like, uh, I Morgan Wallen's come through twice. And the first time he came through, there was no production. It was just kind of a show. The second time he came through was more of a production. Same with Michael Ray. He did the same thing. The first time a little, um, um, you know, stripped down, but still full band and everything like that. Granger, I love having people come through twice. I love your first, your, your first experience at Stoney's. And then I love the second experience because it's so much different as you guys grow. And, you know, sometimes I think that I like the show. And then there's other times where I like the minimal side of the show. That's cool, man. I mean, Lindsay L played on a Sunday night at, at Stoney's. Um, when I think her first time ever there. Wasn't a lot of people there, but she went out in the crowd and she did her thing and like played guitar with all these people. It was amazing. And then the second time the place was packed and it's kind of like, I sit back and I'm like, although I was upset, there wasn't a lot of people there for her because to me, I'm a fan as well. Yeah. But I enjoyed that so much better watching her be able to engage with, uh, with her fans and, not just do the show. I mean, but 
Fuck, you imagine sitting on a chair with your whiskey watching Eric Church? Just that is true, man. That is a that's a very good point. I would like. I don't know if I want to see him like that with a full band. I think I'd just like to see him sing acoustically. Right. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Just hear him story tell, man. Yeah, you know, there's there's only a couple artists that I would love to hear that I love hearing tell stories. I went and saw um, um, Stephen Stills uh, over at the Hard Rock many many years ago, and it was just him and his guitar, and he just told stories. And I'm like, and Blue October was another artist that um, I saw Justin sit down and tell his stories from his book. But then there's other artists where I go see them play, and they're like up there with their band telling a story. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> wrong setting. Just I think uh, I wasn't the biggest Eric Church fan. Um, in 2019, I just wasn't. And uh, I think I started listening to him more and more. And I, I don't know if it was from the a ACM show he did, the Stick That In Your Country song live, that just blew me away and made me go back and listen to everything. But I mean, I did the same thing with Sam Hunt. Wasn't a fan until I listened to Behind the Pines. Wow. That's awesome, man. Sam Hunt fan? Uh, I can't say that I listen to his music much, but I respect what he does. Right. You know, I think I was in that same place. And then I watched an interview with him from Alabama football to uh, finding his producer in Nashville and just hearing his story about his roots um, and kind of growing from there. I thought it was pretty neat. And it just, That's cool. I don't go out and jump out and buy his stuff, but I respect him. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely respect him. <laughs> there any other new artists that, that you like to li listen to and follow what, what, what they're doing in a sense of their careers? Man, um, Ashlyn Craft right now is one of my favorite female voices and uh she is just making some really cool music man she is uh she's killing it and uh she's just straight up country as cornbread just kicking it in the teeth i mean it's it's really cool to see um let's see who else is really impressing me right now man uh, a newer kid that just popped into town his name's josh kaiser and that dude right there has got one of the best voices i think i've ever heard and he's just, yeah, I mean, he's, his voice just tells stories in itself. It's, it's really wild. It's, it's pretty impressive to see. I actually went and listened to him, uh, the F word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's got a voice, definitely has a voice. I'd never heard of him before until you said something about that. Uh, and I just see now he's got a, a cover of um, Tennessee Whiskey that I'm going to have to go listen to. Because oh, really? Yeah. Oh, if, you, if you cover that song, you either got balls or you got balls. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not one of those ones. I actually watched uh, Justin Timberlake and Chris Stapleton, um, their video for, um, oh, my God. That's why I love the internet. <laughs> was it Say Something? Is that what that one was? Yes. Did yeah, you see yeah, that yeah. video? Oh, yeah. That was a cool video how they did that. It, uh, inside the, I don't know, it looked like maybe in, in a huge church or something. or. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was. I thought it was a warehouse or something, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but it, it might have been a church. It had, yeah, I mean, Levels had an elevator in it and all that kind, yeah. of, kind of stuff. It was probably one of the coolest videos. I actually, we just watched it last weekend as well. I showed it to a friend of mine. I was like, this song just blows me away. And then the video on top of it, I think, is what does it. Yeah. Yeah. I took my mom to go see Justin Timberlake when he was here. And um, he puts on one hell of a show, man. Oh, I bet, man. That dude's soothing with talent. I mean, he really is. He, he's, yeah. uh, he's a singing son of a gun, that's for sure. I think he's, he's, he's one of those, um, I don't know if he was in Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or whatever one that he was in, but he was one of, the, I think, the only one that made it to that level, you know? Oh, uh, wow. I mean, as big as they are. He, the only thing that bothered me about his show was that he didn't finish a song. 
he sang like uh, verse, verse, chorus, and then went to the next one. See, I saw Post Malone uh, a couple months, or well, I guess I was last year before COVID. Um, but I saw him, and he did the same thing. And I'm a humongous Post Malone fan. I really am. I think that that dude is he's a, he's killing it. I mean, he really is. But um, yeah, he was doing the same thing. Where I guess he has so many songs that he's trying to play that it's just like verse chorus into the next song, verse chorus into the next. Right. Song. And I'm like, man, I really wish you had finished that. <laughs> yeah, you get. It's like almost you get right into it, and then it's done. Next one. They did do a cool setup here at T-Mobile for him. They put a bar in the center of the floor. Um, and all the people that had GA tickets on the floor were down on the floor, but there was literally a bar right in the middle of it with like wow. 20 bartenders. It was huge, but people oh. could sit at the bar and Justin came around and just like walked on the bar and sang to everyone sitting at the bar and everything like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, oh. it, was, it was quite the experience, I would think. I was way up high sitting in like one of the box things, but um, yeah, I don't like being down with those, those kinds of people anymore. No, I think I've grown out of that where I want to be in the mix sort of thing. Yeah not so much a fan um what's been your favorite place to like hang out and eat in nashville since you've been there um let's see i think bourbon steak's pretty dang good i'm a big steak fan um or virago virago's got a cool vibe sushi. place man yeah that's a that's good sushi and i like how it's kind of hidden yep. hidden away from everything it's it's a cool spot last time i was there they moved yeah, they moved back in that, like, back. You have to go through, like, that secret door to get to it. It's pretty right. sweet. I go there. Uh, it's my first stop. It's the first night of dinner there. I either eat there with Chris Bandy or with uh, Austin Burke. Oh, I hear you. It's always my first stop is Virago. Um, just because cool. it's it's it reminds me of good sushi here in Vegas. The vibe is cool. The people that are in there are always always seem to be cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. What about I bars? They, what'd you say? No, go ahead. Oh, I think that they have the best old-fashioned, too in town oh never had one there it's pretty good there's um a tequila old-fashioned here that uh, um my buddy tim works at a place called mastro's and i went there for his birthday and he had me taste it and i was like that is really good but i always forget the name of it um but uh it's a tequila old-fashioned instead of oh. a bourbon but i have to i kind of want to try something like that i mean yeah big tequila fan that's good that's cool yeah Casa Azul is my favorite tequila, the blue yeah. and white. Yeah, that is some good tequila, man. I don't, I don't, I mean, for me, I don't know what, if there's, I'm sure there's much better, but I mean, I won't drink Patron or anything like that, but that Casa Azul stuff is so good. I hear you. Um, what's, what's like your favorite bar to go to when, when you're out there? Like if you got friends in town and you're like, dude, you got to come hang out of my place. I love Losers, man. Losers yeah. is a lot. I'll hang out there any time of the week. I really miss the atmosphere it was before COVID. Uh, because it's all sitting down and everything now but it used to be just this hangout spot all of my favorite writers we would all just hang out and we it was just a good time band's always fun there yeah that's where yeah. i met brinley addington there oh yeah yeah you're right you go in there and just I, I still don't understand winners and losers i don't get it one of them <laughs> closes and the other one just starts getting going. I just, I think for the life of me, I can't. It really does. It's like everybody from winners ends up going to losers at the end. <laughs> right. And it, they just, it's like probably one of the weirdest things I've, I've, I've ever seen. And then I'm in Vegas and I've seen just about everything when it comes to, to, to nightlife. But but it's smart on the owner's part because he owns both of them. Yep. So either way, he's making the money because they all transfer. So <laughs> it yeah, works it's out. Like, you got to get there before 10 because at 1030, that one closes and 11, this one just starts going off. And you got, I'm like, and they're both tiny, which is also crazy. Yeah. 
And I've heard some stories about about the red door too that are pretty um, pretty nuts about the hole that's in the ground there and the <laughs> yeah the bones underneath it. Somebody <laughs> got me with that uh, the first time I moved in or like one of the first times I went there. They were like, "There's bones under here." And I was like, no, you're full of it. And I was like, I'm not going over there to stick my face in there. He's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't go do it. It's those fake ones. It's just the story, right? Just, yeah. just, just the story. Um, dude, I, I wrote it down and now I'm not going to be able to find it. Oh, that's what I wanted to do. You're, you're single, um, giving you up. Um, I was reading the backstory on that. Um, so people, no backstory. <laughs> some people don't know about it. So let's, 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 let's talk about the backstory of that single. All right. Um, so I was with this girl, uh, for five years or going on five years. And, uh, I really thought that that was gonna be my life. I thought that I was going to marry her, had the ring already. Uh, thought it was, that was it. I was going to work for general motors for the rest of my life and sell car parts and, uh, decided that's, or well, she ended up breaking it off right as she uh, was getting through college. And uh, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I felt like all my plans had shifted and I had no idea what my plans were going to be now. Uh, but I actually, I wrote another song that was later called Thanks for Breaking My Heart because it, without her doing any of that, I would have uh, never, never done any of this. So uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for, that it didn't work out now looking back. But uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, it comes from a real place. I sat down in my uh, basement and basically just wrote 14 things or 14 verses of things I wanted to say to her and <laughs> limited it down to two verses and a chorus and the bridge. And uh, it turned out to be the song it is now. But yeah, I, I wrote, that was a real song, man. Pretty intense. Are they, so she ended up with somebody else, obviously during that process or wanted, is she still with that same person? No, I think she's had a couple boyfriends since then, but uh, that ain't none of my business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Life's a bitch. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I mean, that goes back to what is that that uh, unanswered prayer song? Same, yeah. same, same thing. When it's all those things that you wish, and um, I think uh, Conor McGregor says that uh, it's not losing, it's learning. And I think ah, that's a great. I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I think like that and it's, it's never a loss, no matter what the case may be, you know, in, in sure. friends or anything like that. It's just a learning process more than anything, I would think. That's cool, man. What's, what's the, um, what's the theme of this song that you just wrote just a couple days ago? Uh, so, man, this is, uh, <laughs> I was uh, hanging out with this girl and uh, basically I was, we were, starting to like each other and then she was like no I just don't I just don't think that we should and then again we started liking each other again and uh she was like after a while she was like I just I just don't know if we should like this is our lives are kind of different like I'm not sure about the music thing and all this and uh I ended up <laughs> I ended up saying out loud fool uh fool me again or I was like she fooled me again so uh the song's called fool of me again and uh we ended up working everything out. Don't worry about all that. But uh, the song came from that that moment. But uh, it's basically, it's a lot deeper than what I just said. Right. Uh, we wrote it pretty deep and pretty sad, but I love sad music. Sad country songs are uh, my favorite. I think that everyone, I mean, you go back to that thought that people just automatically 
point at country music as losing your dog, losing your wife, losing your house and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the old joke when I was growing up was if you play a country song backwards, you get all your stuff back. But uh, <laughs> I've never heard that, but that's pretty good. <laughs> but I mean, I think when you write relatable music, I mean, I think that's what has to do with a lot of it. If someone can listen to it and um, we, I have friends that listen to country that don't listen to country, but they'll hear songs and they'll be like, dude, you got to check this tune out. And the minute I listen to it, it's like, I can either tell for myself whether I'm going to like it, or whether or not I can relate to it at some point in my life, if I've gone through that, or, you know, I think that's what country music, it's not like that in hip hop. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not unless you're you know smoking crack and <laughs> doing whatever doing all that <laughs> all that other stuff that's kind of cool when do you when do you think you'll put put some sort of demo together for it uh man we got a demo session planned for three weeks from now so i'm gonna do that and four other ones and uh i'm just ready to get some music rocking and then once we get those demos back we'll start picking for the next ep and hopefully the next album after that right keep on going is your goal in 21 to come out with a, uh, an album or just an EP or? Um, right now I want to focus on an EP um, I, until the, until I feel like I'm confident enough to put a, put a full album out. Uh, I want to make sure that when an album drops that it's as big as I can possibly do it. And I want to make sure that I put my heart and soul and make sure that my producers are the ones I really and truly want. Cause I'm, I'm still learning through right. everything like that, man. I want to make sure that, I'm exactly where I want to be before I release the full project. When you say full project, you're talking Morgan Wallen, 30 songs, or you're talking... <laughs> That's a project and a half, brother. <laughs> I don't know. There's one other artist that I know that did a double album, and it was probably like six years ago. It wasn't country. One of my favorite bands are called Biffy Clyro, and gotcha. they're from overseas. They'll sell out Wembley, but when they come to Vegas, they can't even sell 150 tickets. I believe I've heard them. They had that one song... Um that I really liked oh, some, but there's a black chandelier. Yeah. That's it. Black chandelier. Drip. Yeah. Black chandelier. Yeah. Drip. Drip. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool song, man. Dude, they're, um, I own, I think all of their vinyl I have in the other room. Cause I absolutely that the, I, I love that band probably because I went to South by Southwest in early two thousands. And there was a band there called ocean size. First time they ever played in, in the States there in Texas. I got to see him. The guitar player and lead singer's name is Mike Venart is actually the backup guitar player for Biffy. And that's what made me like them. Just start to oh, listen wow. to them more and more and more. And uh, yeah, I've seen Biffy twice here in Vegas. I saw him once at um, a place called Vinyl and there was maybe 200 people in there and the Hard Rock Cafe on the strip. And there was maybe 150 people there, maybe. But again, Wembley, you can't buy a ticket for their show. They're huge. Wow, that's cool, man. But yeah, I mean, double albums are uh, a bit a big deal. Are you do you do you like releasing singles versus versus a whole EP? I like the EP format, man. I feel like uh, the way the times are changing, that it's unless you have the fan base of Morgan or somebody like that or Luke, uh, doing a double album won't do anything but hurt you at this point. Uh, because I don't know if they can actually consume, or if you have the fan base, I can consume that much music at, at that point. So I'm right. trying to focus on uh, building that fan base from the ground up and really, uh, really diving in on that. When you release new music, do you do it? Um, what's your personal push to it all? Do you like to do it through social? Do you just like to put a song on Spotify and let, let people that follow you find it organically? Or do you like the, 
like to tell the story of why you're releasing it just to get it out there or uh, a little bit of both i like to uh i'll if i really like a song you'll know it because i'll post it on my instagram before i even record it i'll just do an acoustic cover just get a little like feedback from it and then i'll watch that see how those numbers do um i'm kind of strategic with it or at least i try to be and uh like we have a song called Tequila Talking that blew up on Instagram um, and everyone seems to love it. So we cut it and we're very excited about getting that out. Um, we're just working on finishing up or finishing it up right now. But it's a little bit of a mixture of both of where I push it on the socials. I push it in yeah, any way I can. I'll take ad spots out and do everything I can to get it in people's faces. I saw um, you got your first billboard. I saw your excitement in that. <laughs> that was wild, man. Uh, it's weird to see your face up on a up on a sign for sure. But uh, I'm very thankful Amazon selected me, uh, so it, that was cool. That is pretty. What exactly was that for? Um, Artist to watch in 2021. How freaking cool is that? That's what does cool. Amazon know? Those guys aren't that big. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I think I buy so much stuff off of Amazon that that's why they actually did it. They just gave me the medal for for buying other stuff it's an investment in their investment of you that's what that is exactly i think that for a while there i was yelling at my girl i'm like dude amazon like like ups is here every freaking day how's that even possible how's that possible there's something coming every single day but i think her response every single time is it was on sale just like but everything's always on sale i don't that, that that doesn't even fit do you do um do you do covers in your set? Uh, we do one. We do uh, Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash, but we do it uh, in like a 12-bar blues, very bluesy, um, nice. like almost like B.B. King. If B.B. King was going to do that song, that's how he'd sing it, I feel like. Is that your favorite cover to do? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's because you grew up, like something your dad played or? I, I, yeah, I would say so, man. I, I'm just, blues have always been my go-to, man. The vocal ability of those singers has always just blown me away. And I've always tried to mold myself around that and uh, learn from those singers. It's funny that um, um, Austin City Limits, uh, I never got to see Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I did see him on Austin City, City Limits. And I used to, when I was probably eight years old, I would pull out my tennis racket and act like it was a guitar and I would play it to uh, anything that Stevie Ray Vaughan would do or Eddie Van Halen for that matter. But um yeah kind of funny that you go back to those days and i wish he was still around man yeah man super wish he was still but around. he's uh his brother jimmy's pretty cool too man he's not stevie ray yeah no i get you 100 haha <laughs> i don't think there'll ever be another stevie ray how do you feel about um playing one of yours for us can i play you a new one absolutely no what if i was just like no man no uh i'm gonna play you steady heart so i like think. it let's do it She's a glass of wine on the back porch And I'm a bourbon at a bar She's an angel from Montgomery I'm an old pawn shop guitar She's wildflowers in a mason jar Barbed wire on an old fence post We go together like a gravel road in a damn radio God only knows where we'll end up when you mix my cash. 
honest ways with her sweet touch She's a candlelight Hello my darling When we come together We're the best of who we are My stubborn mind And her steady heart Oh yes, my brain's a sunrise A kiss can stop the rain the midnight prayers always come crazy in my brain. It would take it day by day. God only knows where we'll end up. When you mix my kindest ways with her sweet touch, she's a candlelight. Hello, my dog. But when we come together, we're the best of who we are. My stubborn mind and her steady heart. Her steady heart. Dude, dope. Is that is that like new as in part of the new project? Uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna release it maybe maybe in the middle of this year. So I got I got the rough mix down. So hopefully we'll we'll get it finished up soon. I'm not I mad at that, that, dude. That's a badass song, dude. I love lyrics. That's what it's about. I think. Absolutely. I wrote that with Dan Isbell and Jesse Alexander. Those are two of my favorite writers in town. So every time we write together, man, we usually get a song that I'm excited about. Well, dude, thanks for the time again today. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank I look, you. I look forward to uh, maybe when I come to town, I'll have to hit you up and hit up Virago with you and um, see if we can con them into giving us a tequila old-fashioned while we're there. All right, let's do it. Sounds like a plan, man. Dude, good luck in 21. I know I'll see you this year at some point. I know that this shit's going to change and we'll be able to do music again, but I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. I'll talk All to right, you. Buddy. take it easy.